to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together about twice a week usually to chop it up, to discuss what we are being encouraged by, challenged by, what we're applying to our lives out of God's word in a means of encouraging each other, encouraging you at home or wherever you're at. And hopefully you are. We're glad you're here listening to us. This week, we have Sean Duncan with us. Back again. Let's go, Sean. So happy to have you. Good to be here. I always enjoy our little chats. I know the audience might find this surprising, but Chris does not even have a script in front of him. He (laughs) always does that off the cuff. (laughs) Amazing. Yes. I have a strange knack for very niche things, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I'm excited to have you. Um, How has Bible Project Year 2 been going so far? It's great. Super fun. I feel like I'm learning a lot myself again. Um, it's kind of like what I imagine digging, um, diamond mines to be like, okay. You ever like see like the really big diamond mines, like where it's the hole is like so wide, like the top diameter and it kind of gets more narrow the further it goes. But like first you dig down, then you dig out, then you dig down, then you dig out. And so anytime you want to dig further down, you got to dig further out. So I feel like I'm just digging down and digging out and like I'm hitting new new depths and finding more gems and it's awesome it's great. that's great yeah yeah because you're not just recycling per se the material from last right. year yeah i'm i'm trying to build personally i'm trying to build on on it all it's like okay here's the things i remember from last year here's all my notes here's all those emails that i sent now like what more can i learn about mm-hmm. this text so, that's awesome always trying to build yeah well i know it's an impressive testimony that you've got returning students, which mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love always hearing about what Bible Project is learning about and yeah. all that stuff. So Fun. what do you got for us today? All right. So <clears throat> we have been reading through the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And we're we, uh, in real time. We just finished Leviticus today. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow we're going to start Numbers. But uh, with Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and surprisingly Deuteronomy, <laughs> what you get is uh, throughout these narratives, you get... Lots of laws, mm-hmm. uh, law stipulations, law codes, and sometimes they're just hard to, one, they're hard to understand sometimes because we're so removed culturally. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, they are so hard to figure out, like, so what? Like, what does this have yeah. to do with me? Yeah. Uh, I'm living in the year 2022 in Eugene, Oregon. I'm following this guy, Jesus. I believe that he's the Messiah that was promised in these scriptures mm-hmm. that I'm reading. And I also believe him that that all scripture points to him in some way. So it's like, okay, I know I'm going to see him through through the the large scheme of things. Um, but I also really want to take Paul's words seriously in Second Timothy chapter three, where he says, "All scripture uh, is able to make you wise for salvation mm-hmm. through faith in Jesus." So. Uh, Paul puts the the category overall of scripture, including especially the Old Testament of wisdom literature. It's supposed to um, inform me about something to then give me the knowledge I need to apply it. Mm-hmm. And, and most specifically, it's to give me the wisdom or to give me the knowledge that I need salvation. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to teach me how to receive salvation, which is through faith in the Messiah. But then the the more oh, almost the more popular verse, he says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching and rebuke, correction, training and righteousness so that the man of God may be complete for every good work. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, he, he 
also has he doesn't just have in mind like the fun narratives right. in numbers or genesis he has in mind the laws the 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 law stipulations that are found in the torah so there's 613 laws <sighs> in the torah which is actually not that many like hmm. if if you tried to run a a society off of that like you it's not even close to being enough so interesting so as far as thinking about like what did what did israel at mount sinai actually receive for the the covenant stipulations like they probably actually receive more and this is a selection of those that we have in the torah that's being presented for the new covenant people it's always pushing us down the road towards christ um but regardless these commands all 613 there is something in them for me to learn yeah majority of them it's never going to be a one-to-one correlation where i can't even do some of them like like go uh go offer a a lamb one-year-old without blemish at the altar. It's like, well, I can't do that. There is no altar <laughs> and I don't have any flocks, you know? So there's yeah. lots of things that I just like simply can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the Sermon on the Mount, which we spent a little bit of time. Just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dear dear listener, go back and, and listen to, I think it was 33. There's a lot of yeah, episodes. Yeah, there is a lot yeah. of episodes. Um, but Jesus, he navigates old, uh, six different Old Testament laws or understandings of laws in the Sermon on the Mount. And he doesn't contradict them. He clarifies mm-hmm. them. And one example that I think of off the top of my head is he, he takes one of the Ten Commandments, you shall not murder. Mm-hmm. And what he does is he brings clarity to its actual meaning that you shall not murder. It's more than just killing someone. Right. It's also hating them and being angry with them in your heart. It's uh, it's insulting their intelligence. It's, it's degrading their character. Like mm-hmm. All those things are included. So... What we begin to realize, both from the Old Testament prophets, but also how Jesus navigates them, is that there is always a a foundational principle to all Old Testament laws, mm-hmm. and it undergirds it. So the the law, you shall not murder. Well, it's undergirded by this theological principle that all humans are made in the image of God. Right. That's why it's wrong to kill someone. It's also why it's wrong to insult someone. Mm-hmm. So that theological reality. Um, or later in the gospels, when Jesus is asked, uh, what is the greatest commandment? Remember what he says? Uh-huh. What does he say? To love Lord, your God with all your heart, mind and strength. And then he says, and the second is like it mm-hmm. to love your neighbors yourself. Okay. So he said in, in the, in Matthew, he says that all of the law hangs on these two commands, mm-hmm. which means that all 613 commands are undergirded by a theological love principle. Right. So, I, so although I'm not going to obey old testament laws with one-to-one correlation there is something for me to learn Mm -hmm. so i want to do my best as a reader to understand the theological foundation and what the love principle is yeah so i thought we would just do that together through an obscure old testament law yeah okay can can i ask a question real quick just because this is rattling around in my head how do you take the steps and maybe we'll illustrate it here to avoid like over algorizing mm-hmm. these texts and making them mean something or try to apply them in a way that is not there. Yeah. So to allegorize a text means to disregard its its original context and mm-hmm. its original meaning. And that would simply be to say that A is actually B mm-hmm. rather than A is like B. Those are different. Okay. Um, so like step one, you have to understand the text in its original context. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that, you're not going to land a plane at yeah. the right destination. <laughs> you're going to, you're going you're gonna to take off to go to New York from Oregon. You're going to find yourself in Taiwan. You're like, yeah. You went the wrong direction. So <laughs> understand the text in its original context. 
then try to understand the theological foundation and the love principle. Then with those, you can, you can apply the foundation and the love principle to your context, which mm-hmm. will bring you towards application. Gotcha. All right. So that's what we're going to do. Great. Yeah. Let's do it. Without like all the jargon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we're going to be in Exodus chapter 22. And we're going to look at verses 10 through 13. It's just like, it's so fun. <laughs> when I read this, you're, I know that anyone listening, I mean, maybe not, maybe, maybe this is just hard for me, but when you read this, you're like, what do I do? <laughs> All right. If a man gives to his neighbor a donkey or an ox or a sheep or a beast to keep safe and it dies or is injured or is driven away without anyone seeing it. An oath by the Lord shall be between them both to see whether or not he has put his hand to his neighbor's property. The owner shall accept the oath and he shall not make restitution. But if it is stolen from him, he shall make restitution to its owner. If it is torn by beasts, let him bring it as evidence. He shall not make restitution for what has been torn. Hmm. Great. Easy. Easy to apply. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now we know how to exchange that oxen deal that we talked about before this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the heck is going on? So God's working with, with a people in a context. He's, he's not ripping them out of it. He's not inserting um, completely new things. Like He's not addressing Israel that lived 4,000 years ago and saying, so when you lend your car to your neighbor, you know, mm-hmm. that's not their context. Right. So first, we need to understand their, their context. It's, it's an agrarian culture. They're... they're Farmers, at this point, they're wanderers in the wilderness. And the thing that they have is flocks. Mm-hmm. They have, that's like their possession is is flocks. So oxen, sheep, donkeys, stuff like that. So <clears throat> let's just first try to understand this scenario. So person A, how about I, I will be person A. Okay. And you'll be person B. Mm-hmm. So I have my my donkey and I'm going to go out of town for a little bit. So I, I say to my neighbor, Chris, I'm like, Chris, will will you wash my donkey for me and like make sure it gets fed, make sure you let it out during the day so that it gets some exercise. I'll be back in about a week or two. Mm-hmm. And you say, absolutely. Absolutely. Cause you're a great neighbor. Yes. Or so I think. <gasps> Plot twist. Okay. I, I was the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're the bad guy. Okay. So then I come back and at least in the, there's a few options. Either it dies or it's injured or it's been driven away. Mm-hmm. So let's say I come back and I'm like, all right, Chris, I'm here to pick up my donkey. And you say, oh, sorry. Sorry, Sean. Uh, I don't know where your donkey is. Your <laughs> your donkey wandered off. Like it's, It just ran away one day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, that's weird. But actually, you stole it. <gasps> you took it from me. No. Yeah. You're, you're a little jokester. Gotcha. You're a little jokester. <laughs> or maybe you didn't steal it from me. Maybe something had happened mm-hmm. and I come back and you're like, I, you're like, Sean, I'm so sorry. Your donkey died. Mm-hmm. Like what? Now, now maybe you went and butchered it because you were a little hungry, mm-hmm. and you know, no skin off your back, right? Or, or Not maybe, or may, or maybe some wild animals came in and they just attacked it. Because remember, we're wandering out in the wilderness right now. Yeah. So some wild predators came and they ate slow, poor, dumb donkey. You know? <laughs> All right. So, how would I be feeling in this scenario? Ooh, a little put out. A little put out. Yeah. I said, I said, ones. Chris, will you watch my donkey? And I come back and something tragic has happened to my donkey. Yeah. So who am I upset with? You or my donkey? Me. You. For sure. Okay. So causing some relational rifts Mm -hmm. between us. 
but what are we going to do about this? And, and also I'm like, well, did my donkey run away? Mm-hmm. But did it actually die by natural causes or did you do something? Yeah. Did you do something? So here's what we do. We're going to, we're going to go to the Lord. So uh, the, the tent of meeting, mm-hmm. we're going to go to the priests and, and what we're going to do is here's the two, the two uh, options. Um, one is we can make an oath between us or we, you could restore the property. So in scenario one, we go and you make an oath to me and you say, Sean, I swear I did not steal your donkey and I did not kill your donkey. <laughs> or if you really did steal or kill my donkey, then what you say is, you know what, Sean, I really, did. I actually did steal your donkey. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my donkey in exchange and a little bit of money for the damage, the relational damage that I've caused, a restitution price. Yeah. So that's the scenario. And then uh, what it says in verse uh, verse 11 and 12, the owner shall accept the oath and he shall not make restitution. But if it is stolen from him, he shall make restitution to its owner. So whichever one you do, whether you swear to me that nothing happened or if you're like, yeah, I'm sorry, here you go. I am required to accept it. Right. All right. So what's going on here? Restoration of relationships. Restora- yeah, specifically mm-hmm. reconciliation mm-hmm. of a relationship. So in this scenario, we could actually go down to the temple and you could boldface lie to me. Mm-hmm. And you could say, I swear I didn't take your donkey. And my job, my my job in this scenario <laughs> is, is to just say, okay, I trust you. Yeah. I trust you. No harm, no foul. I'm out I'm out a donkey, but I'm not out a neighbor. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Reconciliation, yeah? Yeah. So uh go before God. If you didn't steal, swear you didn't, and the oath should be accepted. If you did steal, make restitution and the other must accept it. So either way, the goal is reconciliation. Hmm. All right, so so now I'm I'm beginning to build my my theological foundation for this text. <clears throat> God is a triune God, meaning he, since eternity past until eternity future, He has always and will always dwell in community. Mm-hmm. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Although there is only one God in being and nature, God has always existed in a community of three persons. Right. So so God is a communal god and we're made in his image meaning we're made to relate to each other in community Mm -hmm. so anything that severs or fractures that is actually an affront against the image of god an affront against uh, who we are and what we've made we were made to be the love principle is that that god desires reconciliation Mm -hmm. because anything that fractures relationship is opposed to his own nature so he desires reconciliation so now i can start thinking well what how do i apply this old testament text my life Mm -hmm. what are some steps that you might make to apply this well i remember i was even listening to i was trying to warm my way out of it i'm thinking (laughs) oh crap how many times are we supposed to forgive oh seven times seven yeah yeah it seems like the bottom line is you seek reconciliation and restoration Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even if regardless of what actually happened or didn't happen because the person can stand before Mm -hmm. you and the priests and Mm -hmm. the presence of the Lord and lie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that seems to be the takeaway is, all right, I got to figure out restoration for mm-hmm. people in my life or yeah. when conflict arises. Yeah. And even more practical, let's say, um, see, it was Matt Glide's birthday a few mm-hmm. weeks ago and there was cake in the office. Let's say Matt was really excited about eating the last piece of cake and one of us ate the cake, you mm-hmm. know? This didn't happen. I'm just hypothetical. <laughs> hypothetical. But let's say like he came out and he's like, oh, who, who ate the last 
my my last piece of cake mm-hmm. and you know it was like one of us and we're just like doggishly we're like wasn't me <laughs> now let's say let's let's actually flip the script and say that happened to one of us mm-hmm. and here are is our co-worker a christian working in a church <laughs> lying to us yeah i th- i think the application for us from this text would be to say Love believes all things. Mm-hmm. First Corinthians 13. Love believes all things, meaning I'm going to believe what you're saying to me right now. Yeah. Well, what else can I do? Can I, should I just doubt you at all costs? Or should I just take you at your word and and maybe, Lord willing, you'll be convicted for this? And we can work through uh, the process of forgiveness and confession and repentance, forgiveness yeah. later. But right now, I'm just going to I'm gonna believe you and I'm not going to be skeptical yeah. of you. Um, on the flip side, um, maybe I did eat the cake. You know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. from this text, thinking through that, one thing I think I could learn is, well, I shouldn't just probably say I'm sorry. Maybe I should go get him another cake mm-hmm. and make a little restitution. Like I, I caused damage and riff, and actually, I value you a lot more than that. So, I went down a market of choice, and here's a new cupcake to replace that. I know it's not the same, um, but I hope this is an act of. Um, you receive this as an act of love that I really am am sorry and I want our relationship to be restored. Mm-hmm. Practical takeaways from Exodus chapter 22 <laughs> verses 10 <laughs> through 13. Who knew? But you gotta like weed through all like the ox stuff, you know? Yeah. And just, you, gotta, you gotta spend some time and figure out first the immediate context. Mm-hmm. So understand the text in its original context, then understand the theological foundation and the love principle. Then you can start making applications to your own life. And I really do believe what Paul said in Second Timothy, that all of this mm-hmm. is breathed out by God and profitable for us to teach us, to correct us, and to make us complete as men and women of God. Yeah. Well, this certainly proves to be true to yeah. that point. So I absolutely agree. And very practical. You know, like you said, it's easy to stumble over the ox and the... Mm-hmm this and that and the cleansing of the whatever and <laughs> you feel lost real quick but um nevertheless god has shown himself to be true in the old testament today just as much as when it was written yeah. so awesome well sean this is a pleasure i'm excited i'm sure this will not be the last time we talk <laughs> about esoteric old testament laws absolutely um, but it was encouraging hopefully it was encouraging to you listeners wherever you're at and consider who in your life, who needs restoration and reconciliation and how can you look at what God has said and the character of God and the function in which he's made us to operate as informative for what you need to do with some people in your life. All right, guys, we will get you guys on the next episode. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. 